0: Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight-loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. plushcare.com slash weightloss.
1: Hi, Pod fans. It's JR here. Fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com.
0: Joe, 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 Joe. Hey, Joe. Hi, Rich. I like the new intro. It's a new one, and I'm going to change it every week until I find the right one. How are you, sir? Doing very well, Rich. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. Thanks for asking. It's too hot. I'm struggling.
2: Yeah, it's definitely way too hot.
0: (laughs) I've managed to veto a trip to the seaside this weekend on the basis that it's too hot and it has absolutely nothing to do with my dislike of beaches. (laughs) I think you might be doing the right thing because whatever beach you would go to would be
2: absolutely rammed and that's just, it's just not what you want.
0: Oh, it's not for me. But what is more up my street is Swindon Town away at Carlisle this weekend. How's that for a segue? A busy presser this week, Joe. Lots of questions.
2: We had a lot of ground covered, except for, for transfer stuff. So, you know, people be very
0: pleased with that. Were they just not entertaining transfer-related questions? I think Andrew Horse just
2: forgot to ask it, as, was, the, <laughs> was, was the explanation we got afterwards. But, I mean, we just signed someone. So, you know, what more do you need?
0: Right then, so Swindon lost in midweek, knocked out of the Carabao by Walsall. We didn't pod it because the contributors who did attend the game, oh man, they were just not in the mood to discuss post, and who am I to argue with that? Joe, we did a presser for it, so let's cover in very minor detail. What did you think of that lineup? In all honesty, my opinion is that it was possibly too far down the line, a bit too Papa John's in selection. Uh, No strength on the bench, and it all went skew-whiff from the 60th minute onwards, really, when we when we lost our more senior players. What, what do you think? Yeah, we talked about it before and it sounded like it was going to
2: be, you know, in this direction, but not quite as severe. I specifically mentioned George Calmeadow and then he started. But, um, you know, I too wanted to play Ben Garner anyway against Charlton in the next round. But, yeah, I think maybe a little bit too far because it puts a lot of pressure on the Carlisle game now that, we've, that we lost this one. I think generally if, if the you know the fatigue from Salford was such that it would compromise us playing against Carlisle, then you know, if that if this was what they decided was the best decision, then I'm happy to hold my hands up with having less information on that.
0: I suppose there's an impact that rolls over into this weekend because if town beat Carlisle, then Scott Lindsay's gamble at Warsaw essentially pays off as the rest will have done them the world of good. But if they lose
2: Yeah, realistically, we have to beat Carlisle at this point, but I think if we'd beaten
0: Walsall in the week and then lost to Carlisle, people would be equally annoyed. So, you know, you can't win sometimes. What was the explanation of the Walsall selection as, as provided by Lindsay during this presser? Sounds like, judging by what he said, they were triggered by the actions of one Harry McCurdy against Salford last week.
2: Yeah, I was looking at the Harry McCurdy bit where, you know, the exertion from... Playing, I think he said it was an hour. I, I can't imagine it was quite that long because it was late in the first half. That McCurdy got sent off, but perhaps with stoppage time, it was. Uh, we played for for over an hour with ten players, and that meant there was a lot more running from from those go- from those who were on the pitch than would normally have been the case. So with a longer trip up to Carlisle in the reckoning, it was decided that it wasn't the you know it was a better option to. Give a lot of the first teamers a rest for this game. Well yes.
0: I would argue that I would argue that we've essentially given away our starting eleven for Carlisle on the basis of Tuesday's (laughs) lineup.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I can't imagine anyone played themselves too much into the lineup as well, so you know, Carlisle are gonna have an idea, but you know, it's can they stop this all conquering, all powerful Swindon forward line at
0: the moment that's just pouring with goals. Ooh, that's a dig. Well, you know. Yeah, okay. Well, we're out of the cup. We'll also go on to play Ben Garner's Charlton at home. That would have been a lot of fun. But never mind. On to the presser in full then. With your fine self, plus Johnny Leefield of the Swindon Advertiser and Andrew Hawes of BBC of Radio Wiltshire. Sweet familiarity, Joe. Who's injured? Yeah, the injury question hasn't changed. We're,
2: well, we did actually get a timeline, supposedly, on Divine and Eanderlo, I think. Other actions may contradict this, but six to eight weeks on the pair of them was was the verdict given. So Eandelo, I think, has moved back. Divine possibly moved forwards from what we might have thought before. Kieran Brennan, he's been off this week. Obviously, the the concussion protocols we talked about before have meant that he's he's um he's just he's gone home to deal with it. He's currently showing no signs of concussion at the moment, no symptoms. But because they maybe felt that they rushed through it a little bit ahead of Salford. They're giving him the time off and giving him longer to recover.
0: Yeah, I guess my concern is that they didn't follow protocol to start with, but that's based on absolutely nothing and, and very unfair to suggest.
2: Yeah, I think we have to hope that they did follow the concussion protocols to the letter because that's incredibly important to do because it's, you know, it can have some really bad impacts down the line on Kieran Brennan if they didn't. But, you know, if if he was supposedly signed off as ready to go then we have to expect that that was what they thought at the time and then he moved backwards so they've they've had to spend a bit longer on it and
0: probably treating him a
2: bit with kid gloves right now.
0: Okay then the next question was about formation I get a feeling that this topic isn't going away anytime soon.
2: I can't imagine this formation chat's going anywhere particularly quickly unless we go on a run but um it was it was the question posed by Andrew Hawes on you know he'd been speaking to people and there was a the assertion that potentially it was easier to develop to develop players in a back free, maybe having greater security behind, could play into that. But um that was very much shot down. we we've, we've been playing back free because Lindsay believes it's a formation that can help us create greater control in games and you know be more likely to win, which, you know, is the answer he has to give. Us. But again, I kind of feel like there's an undue obsession with with the formations from certain Swindon fans. Ultimately, you know, what, how it works out on the field is is very different to it being a 3 5 2. And, you know, with three centre backs, it does help you dominate possession from deep. So I'm perfectly happy for us to keep going with it. We just need to probably see a few more results. But that is clearly down to more things than just a formation.
0: Let's talk about Carlisle United then. And we've been quite critical of Scott Lindsay's small analysis of. The opposition in the first few presses. How was this one?
2: I must say, this—if we're doing a bit of a leaderboard—this would go into top of the table for how, mu- how much we actually know about Carlisle going into a game. Still not loads, but you're never going to get, you know, crazy deep scouting analysis and what they've seen. But you know, it's the, what, what they've seen of Carlisle. They've had a very strong start to the season. They've got four points from their first two so far, including a bit of an eye-catching win against. Uh, one of the favourites, Crawley, on the opening day, and they're you know clearly a very direct side. They're going to challenge Wyndham by putting a lot of balls into the box, and uh, those heads and McDonald and Baudry most likely are going to be uh going to be tested in that game. And you know they've been putting work into to stop those things, as you would again hope they would do, trying to put that work in, and then also how you know how they can turn it around and threaten Carlisle in their own way because they will hopefully looking to exploit more weaknesses than they have done in the first three games.
0: Yeah, I was talking on a Carlisle fan podcast this week and it was interesting to hear how the vibe was so good up in Cumbria at the moment because they have the much loved Paul Simpson as their manager and Greg Abbott is back at the club as head of recruitment. They've done pretty good in the transfer market, from what I can see, Ryan Edmondson from Leeds, Thomas Holy from Ipswich, Owen Moxon, although people don't really know much about, they were very excited about him, a Carlisle native who's joined from Annan in the lower leagues of Scotland, but it was Carlisle legend, Peter Murphy, that made them aware of him, even though he's a former Carlisle player. And more recently, they've brought in Paul Huntingdon, who will remember from that bleak Wembley game against Preston all those years ago. He signed this week, I believe. low Market, Sonny Hilton from Fulham. Ben Barkley from Stockport. Finn back from Nottingham Forest. Jack Stretton from Derby. They've got four points from their first two games. A 1-0 win against Crawley with the goal by Christian Dennis, and then a 1-1 draw down at Colchester. Again, Christian Dennis scoring their two goals. As I said, the mood up in Carlisle was quite good, but the reality is is that Swindon will go level with them on points if we win. Such is the nature of the opening games of the season.
2: Yeah, Carlisle ended up having you know a really strong end to last season when Paul Simpson came in, so there was clearly that good feeling carrying into this season and They've uh, they've got two good results so far. The Colchester game was described as a tough place to go. I'm not sure if many others would agree with that, but supposedly they are. And, you know, they are in clearly a really good place. But for the second time, we've had the um, comparisons to last season where where team what teams have done. And we would be in the same position points-wise that we were after three games were we to get the win. Because... Um, But I think last season we were expected to have a slow start given everything that went on. So I feel like we probably wanted to aim a touch higher.
0: I love the fact that Carlisle fans actually quite like Harry McCurdy now because of our 3-0 win over them at the end or second half of last season because that victory from town lost Keith Bill his job and probably kept... Carlisle in the EFL as they appointed Paul Simpson, and the rest is history. So uh, the the blood isn't as bad as it as it once was up there.
2: <laughs> yeah, I would imagine
0: there was a burgers thrown into the air around the entirety of Cumbria when that one happened. My notes for the next question simply says more shots, please. Yeah, I think we all dove
2: into the the shots questions just to see what um what Lindsay was thinking about it because it is becoming more and more of an issue you know, as you go through games without scoring. But, um, and it was also the one that's caused the most controversy on the Total Sport Twitter. Um, so I think we did have to dip into this at least a little bit. And, um, you know, there's there's the stat that was thrown at Scott from uh, Andrew about uh, the BBC's own tabulation of stats where we'd had three or four shots on target across the three games so far, which obviously isn't many. And, um, you know, how how he was going about trying to rectify the situation but you know, the the club have done their own analysis and they disagree with the BBC on their reading of how many shots shots on target how many chances we're creating and they're they're thinking we're possibly on the low end of where we should be but we're in a roughly all right position and just maybe not quite having the luck so far with the chances you know he went through some of the opportunities we've had that you really would expect Swindon to score you know Ben Gladwin penalty Matthew Baudry in a really good position we could have had other penalties against Salford and then Tommy Adeloy with, uh, with a couple of chances at Walsall so you know there was there was the assertion that you know maybe it isn't as bad as some stats areas would have you believe and whilst people are questioning whether Swindon's numbers are accurate I will tell you having seen how the stats are tabulated by the BBC and Opta and others it is just one person sat in the press box they're they're not as scientific as maybe their names would have you believe. So I think Swindon's analysis might be a bit more in-depth.
0: So the big talking point is the the phrase, the stats show we should have scored. Surely didn't say that, did he? He, he didn't say
2: exactly that. He said, um, you know, Swindon needs, you know, if we'd taken some of the chances we created, the 16 was the number of the, the openings we supposedly had, um, you know, by this time, we ex- we would have expected to score. We haven't done. We need to do better, was, was the real line there. And, you know, there's, there, was, there was a suggestion which often comes up in analytics of the sort of regressing or moving up towards the mean where eventually things will even themselves out. You know, this is a side that last year was the top goal scorers in the league. It's not the exact same team, but a lot of the key faces are still around in attack. So you have to expect at some point we are going to get at least one goal please get at least one
0: goal well there's no crime in paraphrasing if that's what he implied then it is what it is but you know it's it's paraphrasing is can be well it can be yeah
2: yeah i mean i'm ryan was a lot better at this than i was i'm i'm no ryan used to paraphrase as well don't worry about that yeah i will say that you know going into the press conference i was quite negative and i said uh, to andrew when i arrived that you know i every question I could think of in my head seemed negative, um, or at least the phrasing felt negative. But after listening to Scott Lindsay, and that's the benefit I have of being in the press conference, I felt a lot better. He, the way he spoke was, to me, very positive. People have, you, you see the words, and obviously it's not the same, but it felt quite rallying to me and I'm I'm, I'm warming to Scott Lindsay, I must say.
0: And we also want to start winning games and, and that was the next talking point. There
2: was, the, there was the belief that Everyone's showing the right signs. It's the answer that you have to give to the question. You know, the, are the players reacting in the right way? He's He said that the mood in the camp has remained positive. I've not really seen anything to the contrary from when I've seen players in and around the tunnel and in the gyms and stuff. So, you know, it would appear that the mood remains pretty positive. They're, they're working hard in, on the training ground to make sure that, you know, they can score a goal and they can win a game hopefully soon. So... It's it's just a matter of time, and eventually Swindon will go on a run. People are always going to bring up what Bristol Rovers did last season, but it does show that these kind of these slow starts, and ultimately, it's two matches. You know, they they don't matter too much when the league is very inconsistent.
0: Cool. Next question was about coach journeys because Swindon Town were going cross country.
2: Yeah, it's it's a, it's a long old haul up to Carlisle. As anyone with access to a map or Google Maps may be able to tell you. Um, they're going to be setting off quite early tomorrow morning. Training up at Preston uh, during the day before staying, obviously, the night in Carlisle. So, you know, it sounds like the coach journeys are quite a fun, quite a fun one amongst the players. Not very, you know, not very many are supposedly inward. They're they're a group who are together. They're having fun, uh, holding a court case trials apparently of players who've been late and broken rules. So you know the the banter was described as good, and it's always nice when banter comes up in one of these press conferences.
0: Is it no, <laughs> but, oh, just let me have my headphones in, watch Netflix or Disney plus or whatever. Just leave me alone, please. No wackiness
2: yeah, you've heard enough about football dressing rooms to know that I reckon it's going to be quite a quite an interesting one all the way up there.
0: Oh, I once did Bristol to Edinburgh via Carla. Oh. Never again.
2: Yeah, I, th- I went to from Bath to Munich once That on a coach. That was a complete nightmare.
0: Oh, you've trumped me. Goodness me. God, you just had to win, didn't you?
2: All I ever do is win, Rich. Unlike Swindon Town.
0: Have you ever done Carlisle away? I've not done
2: Carlisle away. I was If the trains weren't ruinously expensive, I might have done. But uh, I've, tr- I've decided not to, you know.
0: Yeah, I've mentioned it a few times on the pod over the years. I did a... Uh, Carlisle United, three, Swindon Town, nil. Uh, Felt quite fraudulent, as I think it was Mike Spearman who was handing out free hats for those hardy town fans who uh, made the big trip. Unlike me, who made the 90-minute trip from Newcastle Durham. I can't remember where I was then. (laughs) Yeah, total aren't paying me enough to go up to Carlisle to cover it. And then out of the blue, more McCurdy chat. McCurdy's McCurdy... What happened against Salford was a long time coming. I always felt that they managed it quite well, even when he was getting booked last season. He he never looked like, from memory, that he was on the brink of a red, but it was an inevitability. This, This season with that game against Salford, he just loves playing against his former clubs.
2: Yeah, this this one, it did feel a little bit out of the blue, but I think it was a good question from Johnny on on McCurdy, and obviously coming off of his one game suspension, which was fortunately served in the League Cup. Although I imagine he wouldn't have played anyway, based on the based on the lineup. But um, yeah, he was he was talking if if playing against one of his former employers, or he does tend to be a bit more ramped up, uh, would would you know count against him once more? But I would also then you know it's. He trusts McCurdy that he's uh, going to channel that in the right direction. Does plan to have a, a chat about with him about it. But I think if you look at last season against teams like Port Vale, Carlisle, he he isn't. He's always really determined to prove someone wrong. And you know when that game away at, at Vale Park in January, away at Carlisle, um, yeah, just after the scunthorpe game, I think it was March. March or February time that we played them, you know, he was he was always a lot more zoned in and determined to show them that he was a lot better than they might have thought he was whilst he played for them. So, you know, potentially he'll he will do that again. You hope he'll again. As I said on Wednesday, you just want to point him in the right direction, and games against teams that he used to play for usually cause him to do so.
0: Core, and it's not just his former clubs' fans that are after him, is it?
2: Yeah, he's he's become very much the villain of all of League Two, the scourge of all ground, So, it's not even it's everyone. It's crazy. It's it's very strange. I don't understand the mindset. I've never thought, you know, I've I've never watched another another team's player and thought I'm going to be you know, get after him on socials. It does not really make sense. But
0: are you saying, Joe, that? You, as a Swindon Town fan, don't just go on social media, find a supporter of, I don't know, Middlesbrough, and decide to berate one of their players or pay attention to anything their players have to say.
2: No, I've never... No, for example, when <laughs> Erhan Oztuma uh, ran the show against us a couple of years back, and I never thought, I'm going to follow him around and really get after him. I just thought, Erhan is quite good. Could he play for us at some point? But... You know, I guess that's that's McCurdy's personality more than anything else. He is something of a wind-up merchant when he's not on your side. Shall we listen to your questions? Let's. Hi, Scott. I was just wondering, Hello. because of the way you've had injuries and things, how has that adapted to you and finding your strongest eleven early in the season? Do you feel you know what it is?
3: Yeah, I think so. an injuries never help, do they? You know, you want you want to have a full complement to pick from, um, and you want them problems to have... Um, Problems to pick the right team, and but yeah, no injuries never help. You want to try and stay clear of them. I think we've been lucky in the past. I think I'm hoping the way we train and the way that the sports science department work here that we'll be will have a good record again, and I'm pretty sure we will.
2: I, I don't want to go back to this poll again, but do you just feel it's a lack of luck so far? If you know the stats are showing that you've had enough chances to score. <laughs>
3: Look at Ben Gladwin, you back your house. Ben Gladwin scores a penalty, right? You back your house that Frenchie, Mike Bowdry, scores his header with an open goal. You back your house when Johnny Williams goes through um, from a deflection from Harry McCurdy's shot at Harrogate away that he he, he took it away. You know, certain, certain things have happened. I felt that, like I said, I felt we, we probably deserved a penalty. A, home to Salford when um, straight from the straight from the kickoff. Um the second half we go through and and uh, Jacob Wakeling gets brought down, it's a clear penalty for me and we don't we don't get it. So yeah. listen. at the end of the day, it leaving itself out over the course of this season, I'm sure. You know, you make your own foot uh looking football. Um could we have been could we have been luckier possibly?
2: That's
3: all for me. Thank there you. we go
0: then. So I was quite interested uh, with what Scott Lindsay was talking about when you asked him about knowing what his best team was because, of course, he stated that he hasn't played it yet, which can only mean one thing, Ianderlo. Yeah, it would essentially be
2: the Harrogate team of Ianderlo at left wing-back. Um, but, yeah, it is obviously our, the question came from... You no. Know, may, maybe things have changed his ideas and he's still trying to figure out partnerships and obviously injuries haven't helped with that on the left side, leaving to Fraser Blake Tracy's arrival. But and and he did mostly talk about injuries in the answer, but he he definitely thinks that he is he knows what he would like to be starting and hasn't had the chance to do that, which, as you say, just means
0: LSE and I And finally before we move on, of course, you asked him about Scoring and again, there's that 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 phrase. The stats show.
2: Yeah, the the angle I went on the question was more towards, um, you know, what do you think the real cause is? You know, is it just a lack of luck? Because he talked about the stats quite a bit without really thinking about maybe talking about what the root causes were of the lack of the bit goal shyness that we've had so far. And you know, I mean, as he 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 feels that we've had enough good chances that it shouldn't say zero in the gf column but you know as as we've said stat, stats are great they they tell you a little bit but you do need to put it on the board that's just the long and short of it when there are fewer stats available as there are in league two i know because i've had to look for an article before you know they you've got to these things are fine as long as they eventually show themselves on the field and I think many were saying on Twitter today, you know, where are these Where are these chances he's talking about? I would argue that not many were actually at Warsaw or Harrogate, so we don't necessarily know. But there were, there were chances enough in that second half against Salford where I was thinking, you know, we are possibly a little unlucky not to have got at least one.
0: Let's talk about Fraser Blake Tracy then. New loan signing from Burton Albion, signing on loan until the end of the season before we get into the questions that were asked directly to Fraser. What does Scott Lindsay have to say about his new signing?
2: Yeah, Scott Lindsay was was pretty pleased with the acquisition. He supposedly been watching him whilst he was at Burton, whilst he was at Peterborough. Not that he was getting too much action at either of those teams, but he's clearly a versatile option. He can play left centre back, left wing back, left left back, uh, which will please some. You know, we were talking on on the Walsall pod. That the, the the free back, free back was meaning that we couldn't play with four because of the injuries to Divine and Ender. we now have that left back in the door. Um, he he can move around a bit, uh, Mark Couturella level of um, of signing like at Chelsea, where he can play all those free positions. And he, you know, he he adds um, the athleticism and the height that seem to have been a, a key feature of the players who have walked in the door this summer. As well as you know, he's about midway through his career, but in a sort of key and Harry sort of way, where he's maybe not played tons and tons of football for someone of his age, but he has been around the block a bit, and he's you know he won promotion at Peterborough and also at Kings Lynn. So hopefully he can he can add that bit of experience to the younger guys as well.
0: Cool. So how did this move come about? As per the words of Blake Tracy himself.
2: Yeah, it was it was a quick one. Although I you know unless unless um, a certain Dutchman joins Manchester United this summer, they're very rarely long-drawn-out processes, these kind of things. It sounds like it sort of all came about on Monday morning where uh, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank said that it was a possibility and he could he come down and he wasn't particularly complimentary about Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. Um, so he was very, very, very pleased to get that move done and get get out and get playing, hopefully. And he's, he's really, really wanted to get the games under his belt that maybe he feels he hasn't. Hasn't been given the opportunity to obtain in the football league so far in his career. And what does he
0: bring to Swindon Town?
2: Yeah, it was, it was a was similar assessment to what Scott Lindsay said. He's he's got that leadership element to him with having been through various different things whilst at whilst as a pro because having played at Peter and Burton, he's he's learnt at both ends of the table in League One. Um, and he's you know he's played at left back his whole life, but as, by virtue of being a left footer, which as a left footer, I can very much um, uh, relate to as uh, just getting stuck out on the left. But he's he's been a defender all the way through his development. He said that he really enjoys defending and being tasked with stopping uh, the opposition's better players. So he'll add that. And he's also you know when he's played higher up the pitch, maybe as a as a wing back, which I'm sure everyone will be hoping he will be played as one. Everyone loves the back three. Uh, he'll he can get forward and hopefully excite excite the fans by by his
0: ability to p- produce at the other end as well. Next question was about his non-league career. another player with quite a lot of experience outside the EFL. He played for Durham Town, Lowestoft Town and King's Link Town, like you said, he, with some success before going to Peterborough. He's only played 30 times in the EFL. What do he have to say about his non-league background?
2: Yeah, he's, he sounded, you know, it's the things you want to hear about someone who's at a young age, he he felt he'd he been given that sort of academy grounding and then by 16 he wanted to get in and play men's football so he dropped into non-league and did just that, He clearly impressed early on, you know, and then when he got his move to Lynn, they were on their upward trajectory and as people who know from the low level, Peterborough very rarely signed mugs from, from the non-league so the fact that he came from there is pretty
0: good sign yeah he's 27 I think next month so he's 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 not a youngster Uh, no he's he's absolutely not I think in sort of football league
2: terms he might still qualify but he's played a lot of football at the lower levels working his way up and you know he still believes he can he can get to the to the very top because
0: you know he's he's got that work ethic and hopefully he'll show he's got the quality as well and of course he used to play alongside Lou Reed and I think there was contact, wasn't there?
2: Yeah, they would have played together at Peterborough in that in that promotion season. He's um you he pretty much immediately messaged him on WhatsApp to see what uh, Reedy really made of the made of the squad and he had only good things to say, which is fortunate. If he'd slack them all off, that would be slightly uh discouraging, although surprising of Blake Tracy to mention that in his first interview. I mean, geez guys, get some get get <laughs> but uh yeah he's he's um he's been very good to him so far louis reed he's taken him under his his wing, which was uh rather disparagingly described as as a very short wing uh because of his height he's struggling to get underneath but um, yeah and he's um he's been helping him out with the players and he's he's enjoyed what he's seen
0: so far. He's done his research, hasn't he? Because he did have some uh, thoughts on the season so far. What was said? We we couldn't, couldn't quite bluff to him that we'd
2: got six points from six and scored twenty four goals in two matches so far. He's um he is aware that he's coming into a side who've got just the one point yet to score. And he's um you know, he's coming into a side that's still in the fledgling stages of its development and he'll he'll you know, he feels it's a perfect place for him to come and get those games that weren't afforded to him by Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank and at, and at Peterborough.
0: Oh, a fantastic question. Next. He was asked about initiation song, but he hasn't thought about it yet.
2: What a rookie. Yeah. He's going to be doing it <laughs> tomorrow evening, I'd imagine. So he's, he's better get working on the, on that long coach ride up on what he can do. I think uh, Kieran Brennan's initiation was brought up with it being a smart tactic of getting in a bit of a, a bit of a classic that everyone can jump in on. But um. We, um, I forget what the song was now, but I, I do remember his being rather good um, from Johnny Williams's Instagram stories. But um, yeah, Blake Tracy—he can—he can sing a little bit. He wasn't too confident on those abilities. He said the possibility of rapping was there, so you know maybe AJ Tracy might might be of of his um to his taste to go with his namesake. But um, I'm sure we'll see on someone's Instagram tomorrow evening what he ends up doing. Joe, what would your song be? I I don't know. I if, um, if think I think something like he says if you just went with something like country roads, then that would be very simple. People would
0: very quickly get involved, and you know, I don't have to suffer the embarrassment for too long. Do you think the uh, the Swindon Town senior squad have a knowledge of John Denver songs? I like to hope that they would. <laughs> it was it was a it was part of my house parties where I grew up got to play it safe. You've got to go stand by me. I've said this on the on the pod before. you got to go easy. Make it something everyone can sing along to. Yeah,
2: I can see that. If you're just sort of a, a Barney Stinson version of it, that would be quite good. You have to
0: applaud the ambition for the Premier League, don't you?
2: Yeah, one would suggest having played, what was it, seven games at Burton last season, that maybe the Premier League might be a bit beyond you, but um, especially heading into a season when you turn... Did he say which Premier League? <laughs> yeah, he could easily go to, you know... Is uh, go go abroad? I'm sure the Pakistani league would be happy to have him. with the Swindon links at this point. Um, Scottish Premier League, surely? Yeah, he could, he could go there. I mean, you know, quite quite a few Swindon players have had success north north of the border. I, w- I would point to my story in that in that category, and Adam Rooney. But yeah, you know, why not? If you if you feel you've got the the talent and been somewhat hard done by in your opportunities so far, then if he comes in, does well at Swindon, then why not? Look at what Harry Toffolo has just done. Cool. Let's hear your question. Huzzah. I just want to ask, Swindon, I'm quite known at this point for playing a possession style of football. Is that something you feel like you can fit in with and contribute
3: to? Yeah, for sure. Um, I've been at at Peterborough, a team that were predominantly based possession side. And then I was at Burton, more of a team that was without the balls, as to say. So... Had two very different styles of football. Feel like I've learned a lot in uh, the last three years, so now I feel like I'm comfortable on the ball, understand the game, and
0: understand what the manager wants.
2: Sure for me, thanks, right
3: All
0: good. Yeah. So possession style was the question. What what was your thinking behind this, or was it very much uh, everyone's asked? The questions you want to, so you've got to ask him something.
2: Yeah, it's it's a uh, quite quite plain and simple one. Um, you know, especially when you you know I, he walked into the room and the interview started without me having much prep time. But it's just you know, Burton aren't aren't known as quite the possession team at Swindon. So it was about thinking maybe he was how comfortable he would be in the system, and he seems pretty pretty um, confident in what he could do, um, having played in. Peterborough, Peter who you know are more of a ball dominant side, and then also at Burton, so he's he's feels he's flexible tactically, and you know he can come into Swindon and uh, produce what he believes he's capable of.
0: Lovely. Well, all the best to Fraser Blake Tracy throughout his time at Swindon, and here's hoping we get a result in Cumbria this weekend. So predictions, Carlisle have only only scored two goals uh, this so far this season. So ugh, I don't want to be negative. So two one Swindon.
2: I'm gonna go all positive. positive, three 0 Swindon.
0: Lovely. Well, he is hoping one of us is right. Let's see what the weekend brings, Joe. Thank you very much. Speak to you soon. <laughs> The Low Strangers is an independent podcast, and views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The intro music of the presser is by the amazing Drag Me Down, influenced by the great Matthew Kilford. And the podcast artwork is
1: by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. I a bubble. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy.